Welcome to the first edition of CBFC, Charles Borough Football Chat. And by that mean by that I mean Charles Gardner here with Boro Suchovich, uh, former coach of the Milwaukee Rampage and uh, soccer entrepreneur uh, in Milwaukee. And uh, we're starting a World Cup podcast that we hope you'll listen to for the next few weeks as you get excited about the World Cup. And even though the United States will not be in the World Cup, there's going to be plenty of great stories and uh, plenty of excitement going on in the next month. And I know many of you will be watching the games uh, on FS1 and on, on Fox. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start out today with talking about the groups, talking about what we expect for some surprises during the World Cup. But before we do that, we have to address the elephant in the room. I guess it's not an elephant. It's uh, it's something it's the crying game. It, it, right, Boro? It's the crying game, the crying shame, exactly. we might say, of the U.S. Uh, not participating. Uh, we know that Bob Gansler, 1990, the U.S. is qualified there for the first time in uh, 40 years, and then now this is the first time the U.S. not in Russia for the World Cup. And Boro, I ask you, uh, just, I remember your initial reaction because you texted me yeah. and said you were crying in Elm Grove. Yeah, exactly. uh, where are you right now as we're heading into the World Cup thinking about it without the USA I, involved? I, I still feel the, the same way as I did that, that very night is that, uh, and how ironic too that uh, in 1990 kill a jury shots qualifies us and, and Coach Gansler and, and the team went on to Italy and then we had the nightmare with you know Bruce, Serena and and this journey at Tobago. So I just I just found it so ironic, you know. And yeah, I was devastated literally because I I literally never thought that I would ever see a day where we would not qualify just based on the formats and, and our region and everything. So yeah I'm still devastated and you know it's it's really disappointing because the last couple of World Cups with, you know, starting with 202 with Tony Sana and all that and onwards as we celebrated this month and we watched the games together and wrote about it and everything. It was always such a, you know, wonderful month of my life, literally. I truly enjoyed it. So I'm going to be a little deprived, obviously, you know. So, yeah, it's I'm still affected by it. And I think it, it, it did affect our federation at a big-time level, as, as we know. We saw what happened with the elections and all the, all the noise, crying, infighting, this and that. And there, uh, but having said that, there's also some wonderful conversations that have been started in terms of uh, do we really have to do something about this uh, fee-based system for youth players? Do we have to strongly consider relegation promotion, e even though it's it's a bit complicated on the ownership side of things for major league soccer teams, and there's a lot of obstacles in in the way. But at least we're talking about it. So. The player development, relegation promotion, some changes in-house in U.S. soccer, and then literally uh, the the thing that happens about a, a, a big shock like this is that it sort of opens your eyes and everybody gets a little angry, everybody starts pointing fingers, everybody starts doing some, you know, thinking about what could I, what could I have done better, what maybe should be done in the future. A lot of questions are being asked, and starting with myself, I, I, I'm now a little bit more passionate about trying to do something more at the grassroots level, just in your own states. We have 50 states. If everybody did a little bit and, and did for youth soccer, for player development, our cause can maybe be really, really helped. 
and maybe we can be talking about semifinals instead of not qualifying right like this time around yeah so it's sad I, I still got you know I'm not crying anymore but I'm still not happy no and I was going to ask you your reaction to Ernie Stewart uh we didn't talk about this before but uh, when you and I were chatting but Ernie Stewart certainly somebody U.S. soccer fans know and Obviously, he's going to uh, pick the next coach, which will be a big, uh, a big selection, a big move that is going to be anxiously anticipated. What do you think about Ernie Stewart taking that role? I, I think it's it's about time. I, I you know we've had conversations for a lot of years already. I strongly feel that while certainly originally when MLS was being formed and even in the 1990s when we finally uh, Bob Ganser helped us qualify you know, for the World Cup. Back then, you had to rely on college coaches, college players, and very limited pool of players and all that. Right. But, you know, let's, you know, just because we've been qualifying for World Cup, we have a number of players that they have a ton of experience playing in the World Cup, playing in Major League Soccer, playing in European leagues, a lot of successes and all that. It's high time that we turn things over what I call, you know, soccer people. You know, th yep. this is a guy that's played at the highest level, World Cup, Europe, and all that. You got to turn it over to the guys that that carry this country to this level, and let them make let let the soccer people make some decisions. Because up to this point, it's really always been made by uh, people that are not directly involved with the game, including our commission, the Major League Soccer level. You know, you're looking at state associations. You're looking at a lot of the stuff that's run in our country is still run with people that are really not connected with the game in terms of playing with playing experience. Everywhere else, that's that's the way it's run, and I'm glad that this movie's being made. That's a great move. And it, I wish him luck, I, uh, yeah. and I think he'll do well, because uh, he can have conversations with the former players, or players that have gone through everything. They know ins and outs, they know what's wrong. They can fix this thing, they can choose a guy, the right guy that can help us, because you know the American coaches like Bob Bradley and Bruce Arenas and Bob Ganser have done a great job I like to argue, actually, they've done a better job than the foreign coaches that we that we brought. That we've had. Bora Milutinovic in '94 brought us ability. He opened a bunch of new doors and everything. But you know, you, you can question uh, Klinsman's contribution. I, who was a big fan of Klinsman, I literally thought that he was going to change the face of U.S. soccer. I'm a little disappointed in his contribution, and and I and I actually blame him a lot for what's happened here with the U.S. national team. I, I squarely put it on his shoulders, I really do, because I think he mismanaged the um, American players, and I think he opened up a Pandora's box with European-based players versus the MLS-based players, American right, players. Right, that was I think it costed us horribly. I think it divided us, and I think that was exploited on, on, on some fronts, and it resulted in what what was inconceivable, what, what a shock really, not us qualifying. not qualifying. Yeah. So there will be a reboot, and uh, that's already taking place as uh, the U.S. is playing some friendlies right before the World Cup, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, but certainly will be playing. I know they're announcing a schedule after the World Cup. So uh, there's some good young players, Tim Weah. Uh, these guys Sergeant. that are uh, sergeant. Yes, uh, that, that, so you see some hope mm -hmm. there. And as we uh, work along, even looking forward to 2022, 2026, and we'll talk about that some more during during our conversation. Yeah, Charles, I, I, that's, that, that's the one thing that absolutely fascinates me. Uh, only in soccer uh, do American athletes and American uh, coaches, do we feel second best all the time to the rest of the world? In everything else, 
we absolutely believe that we're best at it and in most cases we are and and i think that's one of the stigmas that that we have to remove uh you know in in our conversations in the way we talk speak and feel you know with the younger players mm-hmm. is that i think we need to start thinking about that why feel second best why, why not just you know take this player development allow our kids and our look at the kids that are playing for us the talent is there reason i say that is big time clubs are taking our young youngsters 16 17 18 year old kids they know something Borussia Dortmund saw something in in Pulisic look what's happening we have ton of ton of players at Pulisic in our country we have talent we do have talent I think really it's it's almost we have to figure out a way how how, how to find it mine it first find it develop it and then just showcase it to the in the MLS or the leagues and then let's use the World Cup for where it's supposed to be let's try to win it you know because we were we were literally climbing the World Cup ladder pretty nicely right. we were no longer we were coming out of the toughest groups 2002 was looking pretty oh, good oh my god it? absolutely yeah even brazil i mean we were in a, in a group of death in brazil and we we got out we, we're knocking people off bob bradley did a great job at confederations cup so yeah uh, literally for me let's stop all constantly feeling second best to you know, European soccer in particular. Let's stop feeling second best to, you know, World Cup countries. They're all just predictions. They're all guesses. Everything is guesswork, including who is the best player. Right. You know, so let's start telling our kids that, yeah, you're capable. Let's not say you're second best. Don't tear them down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll talk about this uh, more as we go along in the weeks ahead uh, about Major League Soccer and even levels below. We'll get into a little bit about the Madison uh, United Soccer's League uh, bid mm-hmm. that's coming up, and we'll be talking about that. But for today, we're going to do a little bit of a preview of the World Cup and talk about this is coming up uh, next week, and uh, hopefully you'll hear this before <laughs> the Cup starts uh, as we're doing our first podcast, but we're, we're, we're aiming to do that. But we're, we're talking about, of course, it's in Russia, which should be interesting on its own part. And uh, we'll, we'll just go through the groups, Boro, and uh, get your predictions and uh, talk a little bit. About, you know, it seems like it might be a wide-open World Cup. There's no heavy favorite that I can tell. You know, we know about Spain winning in, in 2010 and, uh, you know, Germany uh those teams are always going to be talked about. Uh, you know, the Argentina, of course, not winning for so long yeah. is a good story. And they're in the group of death, quote unquote, the group D with Iceland, Croatia, and mm-hmm. Nigeria. So we're really going to have uh, some interesting things. Let's talk about the first game on Thursday, Russia, Saudi Arabia. And I said, uh, this might be a dud game, or it looks like it, but maybe there will be something. Hopefully, it will. There will be something interesting in that game, Boro, that will get people going. And I know that first Saturday, there's some great games, including uh, Argentina, Iceland. So there are going to be some great games coming right off the bat. Uh, what, what do you see on that opener? And then we'll go into the groups. I, I think the best thing about the opener is going to be the pregame. Yes. <laughs> the pregame. I, I think they're going to do a great job opening the cer- opening ceremony. All that. I think it'll be phenomenal. But the game? I, I think the game itself, uh, We uh, better be. you better be at a pub somewhere and just uh, start ordering your beers. and Have a Guinness or two. Absolutely. Or whatever you want, you want. And uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully, I, I, I think the for Russia, you know, for their case, is if they get a 
win out of it and maybe that helps their cause getting out of their group and securing maybe second place finish in their group. In their group, right, yeah. right. But, that, that, that first group, let's talk about that. Egypt, Uruguay, uh, Saudis. You would think Egypt and Uruguay are the top teams, but Mo Salah has that injury. Do you see that uh, impacting their, their or affecting their chances right away? I, I actually see it as a, as a pretty straightforward thing here. Uruguay with you know with Cavani and Su- Suarez. Suarez. Uh, they're really, I think they're ready for big things. Okay. Uh, so I think it's that's fairly you know that should be group their group. Winner, that absolutely. should be their group. And I think Russia does sneak through. Okay. Uh, reason being because uh, injury, you know, yeah, Egypt. I don't think has to enough. Salah, to yeah, Mo without Salah. Mo Salah, I don't think Egypt has enough to uh, to overcome that. So if he plays the second game, misses the first, might make it a little bit interesting. But I do see Russia getting out of that group. So it's a straightforward group. Uruguay one, Russia two. Okay. In my opinion. And Russia's terrible, but you think they're going to get a little help? Home to get team. To? Home team. Home team. Uh, absolutely. Then you're looking at you know fan support. Obviously, that carries you. That plays a big part and then you know as we're all you know, behind the scenes here thinking and saying you know how will the refereeing be and right. uh, video evidence is going to be introduced for the first time so that kind of stuff so l- let's see where that goes but uh you know as, as, as we know from the all the wonderful stories of the world cup uh, there's always a little bit of this a little bit of that and, oh yeah and the the referees play a huge part yes they do they play a part mm-hmm. and it is going to be very interesting to see the var Mm-hmm. And how that affects it with the replay uh, being in effect, and that yeah. could that could that could affect a, a game, a group winner. It'll be very interesting to see. Well, let's go on to Group B, and obviously th- that first Friday, probably the first incredible match of the tournament, Portugal and Spain on Friday the fifteenth, and then do you have Ronaldo going against? You know, of course, it's the regional rivalry, but it's also some of the greatest players in the world, Iniesta in his last World Cup, and Spain now with some younger players mm-hmm. trying to retool after their disappointment in uh, 2014. Uh, what do you see for this group? You got Morocco and Iran as well. I Also a straightforward group here. I think uh, Spain, for me, goes number one. Spanish clubs are dominating European soccer. I read a stat too that 70% of all the players in the World Cup do play in Europe, so there's a high level of familiarity between the players and all that. And I think that they're literally going to affect teams like Argentina and Brazil down the line. Mm. But I think Spain, because of the club soccer, is so dominant in Europe and because of getting used to their one already World Cup and European Championships and all that, they're dominating Champions League and all that. I see Spain as a clear favorite to, to go number one. Portugal, I think, will, will finish second. Uh, and I think that uh, Ronaldo and, and uh, has enough to carry a team at least to the quarterfinals, and I think that's where it stops for them. But it's Spain, Portugal, in my opinion. Spain and Straight Portugal. Forward, yeah. yeah. Do you see a draw in that first game um, where they play each other? It's hard to tell. Huh? Yeah. I mean, one team can win that game. That yeah. Th- there's there's still huge. a little bit of uh, part of the problem there is that both teams have players that that have gone really deep in the in the, in the Champions League and long seasons in Europe and all that. So that plays a part as a few injuries. Also, they're going to affect the Spanish squad as well. So we'll see. see. But, yeah, I mean, draw wouldn't be a, that'd be a good result for both. And then, then they pick up the points and go differential and figure out who's one and who's two. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them playing a little a, a dull <laughs> little opener and 0-0 zero, zero, whatever, 1-1. One, one, It'll and be then, interesting, right? Yeah. yeah so. So, but it'd be a good game. Then again, they, they might surprise you. You never know what the approach is going to be. 
you know, and we're at sad. But uh, again, Spain won Portugal too. Okay. Then we go to Group C, which is uh, has France, has Australia, which could be one of the more challenged teams in the tournament. Uh, their results mm -hmm. have not been so great. You have Peru and Denmark. Denmark coming through uh, that playoff with Ireland that was really yeah. riveting Absolutely. and having Round that great them, yeah. game, that great game in Dublin yeah. in the playoff. Uh, what, what do you see there? Can Denmark make any, any noise in this tournament? France obviously looks real good. You've got Umtiti from yeah. Barcelona. You've got Pogba. You've got some real major uh, international stars on that team. Uh, France is loaded. I think France B team, the reserves actually for probably one majority of these groups, they're, they're loaded. Yeah. And I think when it comes to France, I think uh, the only thing that could be a little bit of a downfall is the is maybe the behind the scenes cl you know, climate and see what, what that's all about. But I, I think they're clear favorites to finish first. And I actually see Peru coming as number two. Peru of, number two. Yeah, because of the strong uh, qualifying uh, effort that they put in uh, in South America. and. Yeah. They have a really, really good team, and I think they're strong enough to finish second. So I'm picking uh, France as a clear favorite, and I'm picking Peru over and, Denmark and Peru? to finish second. That, yes. That'll be maybe a real mm -hmm. battle for second yeah. spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that should be good. But Denmark does have enough. I mean, they, they, they have a good team as well, but uh, we'll see. It'll make it interesting. So I, you could have a surprise there. Denmark, in my opinion, could surprise, right. but I think Peru is number two. Okay. And we go to Group D, which has been dub the group of death if there is one in this World mm -hmm. Cup. Some people don't think there is one, but I, I think I would say this would be uh, the group given uh, Argentina, Iceland, Nigeria, and Croatia. And you and I talked about this earlier uh, chatting over coffee that Iceland and Croatia have played battles. They've met in battle, as they would say. They have met in battle already during the qualifying uh, with Iceland winning the group, Croatia coming in second, and now here they are faced in, again, <laughs> yeah. against each other against in the same World Cup group. So that those are two teams that are very familiar with each other. And then you have Messi. Yeah. So what, what, what do you see here? And of course, I have to say, uh, that I went and uh, our family went to see Iceland play Ukraine last September in Reykjavik, and that was a real thrill and a highlight. And uh, you know they're going to have a lot of fans there, and they're going to be a fan favorite, you would think, uh, in in Russia. Yeah, well, it's the, the, the everybody fell in love with Iceland and the chant and the clan clapping right. and what right. the Mexicans did with the wave. Iceland has down down with the, the Viking clap, the, clap the Viking clap. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. I, I this is a group of that. For this is the most interesting group, and I think the toughest draw for everybody. A uh, couple of things here. I, I I'm picking Croatia to finish number one. I, I think the Croatian team is loaded with talent, and they're all at the proper age. Uh, literally, this is their last hurrah to do something. Can they duplicate the third place finish? From 1998, I, I don't know, but I definitely see him finishing number one here. Their midfield is, I think, best midfield in the World Cup uh, with Rakitic, with Modric, with Kovacic. Those are Barcelona, Real Madrid players and all that. Their forwards are phenomenal. That's not, you know, that's Perisic, Brozovic, Mandzukic. I mean, they have a great team. Uh, I, I'm picking them to finish number first. Uh, oh, over Messi. I'm picking Croatia to finish number one. I'm picking Iceland here to finish number two. two. And Argentina Absolutely. not to make it out. I'm actually picking Argentina not to make it out of the group simply wow. because of injuries already. Goalkeeper Romero is out. 
Benega is out. I just, uh, and again, Messi being the wonderful player that he's at Barcelona and all that, I think tournament after tournament after tournament, it's proven that the system and the World Cup, the way the World Cup games are played, these are tournament games, these are not league games, this is not, a, uh, this is not the Champions League where you're home and away, that kind of stuff. I just think that everything, uh, the, the way uh, things align here, include Algeria, which is a very strong team, I yeah, think Jerry. you're going to see some crazy results in this Do group. You? Yeah. And I'm I actually predicting that Argentina does not even make it out. And I think that Croatia is one, Iceland two. Wow. Where I'm going with that. What do you do you see that Messi has to do too much for this team? What is your take about Messi? So much success with Barcelona and with Argentina, of course, he's always been denied even in the final uh, against I, Germany in uh, 2014. I, I always found Messi to be a player that, that's so unique. And uh, he's also been blessed in playing in a wonderful sister, uh, system at Barcelona. And let's, we always talked about Javi and Iniesta, my all-time favorite. Right. The, you know, and let's not forget Neymars and Suarez and the players that he's played with and Etos and, and so on, Henri's and all that. Uh, wonderful player. I think at Barcelona, he is at a, on a different planet. I just think that the pieces and the players around him and the system of playing Argentina, uh, I just don't think that the World Cup competition quite suits him or Copa America and all that. Uh, he does his best. He's lifted Argentina to some things. He brought them to the final. Absolutely. Again, just not enough. And I just think that where everything is at, I don't think Argentina has enough to overcome the midfield of, of Croatia. Croatia. And I don't even think that, that uh, Argentina has enough to deal with Nigeria or even Iceland and the teamwork there. Athleticism of Nigeria and, and some wonderful players there as well. I don't think he, I don't think he, he, he really has enough. I don't think he has enough... Support. Support. I Support. literally view Support. I think you can uh, make a parallel here with, uh, you know, King James of Cleveland Cavaliers and Messi. I think the situation is the same. If if Messi carries them and does some shoots one or two goals and sets up goals, maybe they go through and he carries them forward. But a slip up in the first round, which is easy to do, uh, knocks him out. So I I, I think that's where well, it's at. Well, people forget that LeBron. Uh, Barely got the Cavaliers by the Celtics and the Pacers. Both went seven Absolutely. games. Right? I, I, I so, think, you know, and, and, of course, he had 51 yeah. in game one, but, but yeah. uh, the, the Cavs were no match for, for the Warriors. Yeah. So and that's again, your parallel. Yeah, and, you know, where, where's, where's the chemistry between the forwards and Messi on, on Argentina? And where's the midfield? And I think there's, you know, goalkeeping is a huge question mark. Defense at best is, this is probably one of the most average Argentinian defenses of all time. I just don't think they're not as strong as... Losing Benega is a huge, huge loss. He's a playmaking, deep-lying midfielder. For, you know, losing him is a huge loss. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, and then you never know how the goalkeeper is going to respond. I mean, now you, you, you're banking on a backup. And you don't know what you're going to get there. I mean, you saw what happened in the with Liverpool with, with the goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> in the Champions League final, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. That was a horror show. So, so know, very good. So watch that, mm -hmm. people. And, great uh, group to watch. Some great games there. Yeah. Absolutely. We go to Group E. Now we go to uh, the last four groups. And here we have Brazil, who has looked great in the run-up to the World Cup. We saw Neymar come back and score a wonder goal uh, against Croatia in that friendly uh, about a few days ago. Uh, and uh, you got Switzerland, Costa Rica. We, we know that uh, Kaylor Navas is one of the best goalkeepers yeah, in the world. You've got uh, uh, Serbia as well. So what do you see in Group E? 
for me, this is also pretty straightforward. I Brazil, I'm, you know, not finishing first. Yeah. I think quite easily, actually, quite comfortably. Okay. I'm picking Serbia to finish second. I think they have a better team than, than Switzerland, and I think they have a little bit more than Costa Rica as well. I think Costa Rica's uh, wonderful run in Brazil is probably... They did the well in Brazil. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they were a darling, a, a clear favorite Cinderella team. I just, you know, besides the goalkeeper, I don't think that they have enough anymore on the field to do more than that. So I'm picking Brazil number one. I'm picking Serbia number two. Also should be an interesting group. Then we go to Group F, and uh, for U.S. fans who can put away the rivalry, they can cheer for Mexico. Uh, and certainly there will be many uh, uh, American fans uh, cheering for Mexico in the States. And, and I, I know uh, Fox is already uh, saying follow El Tree here on, uh, on, on their coverage. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be... Uh, uh, with the U.S. out of it, a lot of interest in Mexico. There would be anyway. And you've got Germany, Sweden, and South Korea. So again, this is a very uh, interesting group. You had Sweden knocking off Italy, pulling one of the shocks in qualifying. Uh, probably Nobody thought Italy would be missing at this World yeah. Cup. But uh, here's Sweden, the team that eliminated uh, Italy. Uh, what do you see here, uh, Germany number one, and let's just talk about number two there. Here, yeah, uh, I actually am going to pick Sweden over Mexico here. And, really? And the reason really? I say that is that I, I watched the Swedes come, uh, in the qualifying. Uh, phenomenal team, great teamwork, great spirit within the team. Also, the the federation and the coach and the, and, and the players were strong enough to uh, eliminate Zlatan's comeback into the team, which I, I believe would have been detrimental because I don't think he was physically uh, able to play in the World Cup. So I actually think that a couple of facts there and behind the scenes things and all that, I think Sweden has enough here to upset Mexico and uh, and go through as a number two. I remember uh, how close Sweden is to Russia as well. The fan support for the Sweden is going to be phenomenal there as well. It's basically quick flight. Games. Quick flight. You know, they, so They're going to be I, there. Yeah, so okay. uh, even though I'm a huge Mexico fan and I CONCACAF team, I always cheer for and all that, I just think Sweden has enough here to uh, to overcome Mexico and finish second. What, what do you see with Mexico's results uh, in the qualifying and the way they've uh, prepared? I'm not sure. Not sure what to make of it. Really, I think he's still tinkering with you know with the the coach that is uh, who is going to play where. I I just don't think that Chicharito has enough to carry a team really far. I, I don't think they have a somewhat a goal scorer. Offense. Yeah, there's not a really a proven goal scorer. You don't have a Cavani. You don't have a Suarez like you know like Uruguay does. You don't have a Neymar. You know, you don't have Lewandowski like Poland. You know, I just don't think they have a, a striker good enough to to carry on far. Midfield is decent, defense is fairly organized, but I just don't think that they have enough that far away. Uh, climate plays a part, time zones, everything, this and that. I just don't see Mexico as having enough quality to, to even get out of the group. And they play Germany speed. first in the first match. They play Germany, so that will tell well, if you tell a the, lot, right? Yeah, you, you lose the, will, you're going to lose to, the, to Germany for sure. So they're going to lose to Germany, and they're going to be under unbelievable pressure to you know to pick up points the rest of the way. South Korea next, yeah. and they finish with Sweden. That mm -hmm. Mexico Sweden might be for yeah. the second place yeah, spot. Absolutely, the, yeah. the, that mm -hmm. that could be an incredible game but, but, on but, June but 27th. Imagine yep. Mexico qualification, and imagine what Sweden went through. 
I mean, look at a Sweden team that really pulled off one of the you know, yeah. biggest upsets, knocking. So you think out. that will help them? Yeah, of course. Psychologically speaking, this is a team now that knows that I know. Why, why would they worry about if they have to beat Mexico to go through versus having to beat Italy? Which matchup would you take? <laughs> They'll say we've done well, this. Of course, we've, we've done, done this before. before. We've knocked off Italy already. Yes. Yeah, so. So interesting. And South Korea does not have a strong team this time. We recall in '02 that they were when they hosted or they were co-hosts with Japan that they were really strong, but uh, well. They, it, it it was that ultra pressing ninety minutes of, of pressure and hell for the opposition and <laughs> yes. the fitness level of Koreans was, was um, never seen before. Was crazy at the World Cup level. So I, I don't think they have they have much to offer okay. in, at this World Cup. All right, very good. Group G we go to, and here we have England, often the favorites of many American fans as well. You have Belgium, Panama, and Tunisia. Panama, of course, going through on that final night of qualifying when all the U.S. fans were so disappointed. But uh, England, is it England's turn, Moro, to finally really make some noise in the World Cup? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I think, what <laughs> no. I, I think this is pretty straightforward, too. I think you're looking at a loaded Belgium team, so it's number one. Belgium. I think I look at Belgium and Germany as such clear favorites to win their group. So enough said about Belgium. They're going to finish number one. I think England, England okay. finishes second here. England I, second? Yeah, Tunisia and Panama. This is a, a straightforward thing. This, this is a pretty yeah. straightforward group. I think you have one good game here, England, Belgium, and, you know. And that England, Belgium is on the last uh, the last of the three. Yeah. So in Kaliningrad mm-hmm. uh, on uh, June 28th. So there will be some good third matches in these group games which uh, of course is I, I just don't trust ridiculous. England because you know you know as, as you we follow and you know that we I'm so I love Premier League soccer I follow everybody follows you know, the Premier League so. we know all the players and everyone all their ins and outs of everything you know they always find a way at the World Cup level self self-inflicted stuff uh, some media led whatever you want to say something they find happens. a way to against a, a, a opponent they should comfortably beat they find a way not to get the result and they put themselves under pressure and most of the time they won't so they'll finish second but i just okay. i just don't trust them okay. i just don't trust the squad but belgium you feel far away is the number They're one loaded. in this group I mean, they're going to be good i i think we're, we'll get to your picks for the whole mm-hmm. thing uh after but i know belgium's up there okay let's go to group h and we've got kind of a strange group here for the last group we got colombia uh, qualifying from South America, we have Senegal, Poland, and Japan. Well, what do you see here? I'm very interested in what you see. Poland, I guess, would be the leader, I'm guessing, for you. See, the thing here is Senegal has a, has a chance here with Sadio Mane, a wonderful player. Yes. Who can score goals, create goals. I think Senegal has a chance to become a, a Cinderella team along the lines of what Costa Rica did in, in, in Brazil in 2014. So watch Senegal. Absolutely. I, so there's a chance there. There's some chance for ups. You know, mm-hmm. This is the one group I'm not really not really sure about, but mm-hmm. I'm going with uh, Poland to finish first and Colombia number two. And Colombia. Is where I'm at. Uh, I, I just think that Poland, again, fan support, very close. Uh, Lewandowski is a player that, that can carry any team. I think he's, he's, he's probably, the, for me, the best forward in form now. I think he's the one that can carry Poland really, really far. So I think they, they win the group. Uh, Colombia second with a chance of Senegal maybe sneaking maybe in. Maybe so a chance. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Okay. All right. So there are the groups. Then we're going to go through until July 
15th, where yeah. the final will be. Uh, go ahead and kind of project out where what you see yeah. as the tournament goes along. Yeah, there's a couple of things here that everybody should keep in mind here. Number one, this is the first World Cup in Eastern Europe. So Google that and give some thought to that. Right. Second thing, remember that uh, uh, Iceland and Panama are first time entries into the World Cup. Uh, Iceland has everything in place to really do something special. I mean, team spirit, now, they know how to win now, they've been to competitions, excellent qualifying. Their coach is a dentist. <laughs> Which helps. <laughs> how good can it get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, and, uh, so I really do think that uh, Iceland has a chance to sort of light up, be the shining light of this World Cup because uh, I think a lot of other things could come into play, including the video. But I think Iceland right. will be the darling of, of the tournament. I hope they go far, sentimentally speaking. Right. Um, heading into the, uh, the the rounds after that, you know, we can pretty much... Did you do some sketching out there? Yeah, I mean, I, like everybody else is, I, you know, You've you, got you, your, you play, your play pool, around. Yeah. Get your pool going. Yeah, a little bit of heart, a little bit of brain, and, <laughs> and hopefully you're 50% accurate. But uh, I, 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 let me just start with the final right away. Okay. I, I really do think that that Belgium, I'm picking them to win the World Cup. Belgium I'm picking a final winner. of Spain and, Spain and Belgium. Spain and Belgium. That's where I'm at with everything. Uh, so let, let's just go uh, backwards to maybe the quarterfinals. Okay. I see Spain and Croatia in a quarterfinal. I see Germany and Poland in, in, in a quarterfinal. I see Poland knocking off Germany. Poland with yes, an upset I see, there. I see Spain going through. So I'm looking at Poland and Spain in the semifinals on one side. Wow, that would be something. I'm looking at uh, Uruguay and France in a quarterfinal. I'm looking at Brazil and Belgium. I'm picking Belgium to knock off Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Uh, France and Belgium in a semifinal. Picking Belgium and Spain to make it in and Belgium to win it. Belgium. Poland to finish third. Yeah, Poland uh, third. Part of this is uh, sentimental. I, I've always, I cheer for the underdogs. I, I really would like to see a smaller country, a small fish, win it. Win it all. And, and I, I do think that Belgium has. If you look at the roster, self-explanatory. Their players are well known, playing in top clubs and everything. I, I, this is I, their time. I, 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 I hope time. it's their time. I mean, mm -hmm. then again, it's not wise to bet against the Germans, as you know, right. that they are the perennial semifinalists. So, but uh, I, as I say here, I, I think Poland has enough. If if that happens in the semifinals, uh, sentimental pick Belgium. But if I was to just use my head and say, where would I put my money or majority of my money, then I would probably go with France and Germany. France, and Germany. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be the big nation yeah. final. That's, that's my plan B, but I'm going to still stick with my original story. Spain, Belgium, Belgium hopefully wins. How do you get Spain in there? Do you think their defense with Piquet, Ramos is enough? Those are grizzled veterans by now in the World Cup. Uh, but they do have some younger players, Isco, and uh, you know, Sencio. Uh, yeah, Sencio. So they're gonna they're gonna look a little different. You know, I, I just think again. I go back to the uh, uh, Spanish brand of soccer, Spanish club soccer, the national team, the amount of stuff that they have won the last ten, twelve years. Uh, I think you, they have a perfect blend of uh, older players like Iniesta, Ramos, and so on. They have, they have some great senior players, you know, older players. So leadership is there. Uh, definitely, they, they don't feel second to anybody else. They they feel that they're playing, that their clubs and their players are playing the best brand of 
football on the planet. They feel that their coaches are best in the world. And maybe they remember uh, last time where they did get embarrassed a little bit in in Brazil. Absolutely. I mean, that didn't go over too well. Yeah, Yeah. I think they were a little bit overconfident. But I think heading into this one, they understand where it's at. Again, you know, Spain is not too far away from Russia. They'll have a great fan support as well. Everybody's in love with the way the Spaniards are playing the game. So I think the, the neutrals will be on their side as well. Uh, so I, I just think that they have, they have so much. I think they have all the pieces in place. Experience, age, quality, midfield, defensive, enough guys that can score goals. They know how to win. They've won and they've been there. Uh, so I, 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 I do see them going all the, all the way to the final. To the final, yeah. anyway. And hopefully losing to Belgium. <laughs> and, if, and if that happens, Boro, yeah. we, yeah. we will uh, gloat and yeah, uh, toast exactly. you with uh, several... Uh, yeah, but cold, let's not cold forget, bruise if, yeah, if let's this not, is what happened. Let's not forget to take away my sentimental feelings that Germany and okay. and France are okay. probably uh, smart man's picks. Are the smart? Are the yeah, smart and I'm not picks. that smart. <laughs> so yeah. fantastic. So we're looking forward to uh, the World Cup starting. Uh, we will be having some more episodes here. This is our first episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. We're going to talk about whatever comes up in this crazy World Cup, the VAR, the goals, the, uh, the flubs, the foibles of coaches and players, and uh, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So Borowit, thanks you for being here today, and uh, we'll ask uh, listeners to uh, join us again throughout the month of the World Cup, and uh, we'll sign off in the talk hopefully uh after the first round of games there we'll we'll be back well you know watch the world cup drink some beers support the sponsors cry a little bit about the usa not being there pick a team and enjoy the ride enjoy the ride all right absolutely we'll sign off till next time till next time lights out (laughs) lights out